Are you serious? Hey, good morning, everybody. Pastor Tim and a big welcome to all of you. I'm so glad you're here, and especially those joining us online. It's good to be here today and uh, to just praise God and to fellowship together. You know, there's something we miss when we are not together. There's that community, that fellowship that I think is so critically important. So uh, I'm so grateful for your presence today. And you know, it is a day in which we need to be serious, isn't it? We need to be serious with one another and especially ourselves. Uh, back here in August, I attended the uh, teacher breakfast that we provide for the Hopewell schools on either side of us. And we had just sat down and there was a whole room full of people and the table I was seated at, somebody sat down and they had a little something on their face. And we hadn't started eating yet. It was just a piece of lint or a piece of paper or fuzz or, you know, something like that. And uh, the person across the table pointed it out to them. Said, hey, I hate to tell you, you got something on your face. And they said, oh, thanks for telling me. I know someone really likes me when they tell me the truth. Don't we want to hear the truth? Isn't this a day when people want to have honesty and just to be real with one another? And seriously, we want to know the truth. It kind of reminds me of what the great economist Thomas Sowell said here not long ago, that when you want to help people, you tell them the truth. But when you want to help yourself, you tell them what they want to hear. So today I want to call your attention to a scripture that we find in the New Testament. And this is one of those books of the Bible that's often overlooked and seldom referred to, but oh, is it powerful. And it's the book of Jude. And so give your attention here to the writing of Jude that I find so relevant for us today. And by the way, his first name is not Hay, okay? But Jude says this, and just to bring it better perhaps more clarity to our understanding. We're using the Living Bible here for just a moment. But I want to share this scripture, and I want you to think on this thought today in Jude, verse 3. For he says, Dear friends, I have been planning to write you some thoughts about the salvation that God has given us. So Jude was planning and intending to write a letter about the salvation that God had given but now I find that I must write of something else instead. So something has come to this guy's attention that needs addressed. Urging you to stoutly defend the truth that God gave once and for all to his people to keep without change through the years. Notice the phrase once for all. And what that means is truth is truth. If it was true a thousand years ago, it's going to be true a thousand years into the future because truth never changes. Now, we're living in a day where it is, I think we would all have to acknowledge, really unique in history in a lot of ways. We had the advent of the industrial age and mechanization and uh, automation and then this incredible superhighway, the internet, and just the advent of all this information. And now it appears to me that we're living in a new age, which is the age of disinformation. 
because everybody's got access to the internet, everybody's got phones, everybody's got computer access, and people can say anything they want to. People can make claims, people can state what they think is a fact, people can refer to anything. I was one time in with a group of scholars, and uh, the scholar was talking about Wikipedia. And he was saying, he got on there to read his bio, and there were so many things that were mistaken. And he was pointing out, anybody can get on there and edit that thing. And, you know, today we are living in a time that is indeed challenging because there's so many things out there swirling about us, and it appears to me that we're living in this season of disinformation. And, in fact, we turn to sites these days, like Snopes.com, to find out what the true story is. A lot of these places, they try to do their best to kind of cut away all the myths and the folklore and the legend and the old wives' tales and just find the facts and present them to us. But even here, not long ago, one of the founders of that organization came out and said it's almost impossible today because the floodgate is open. And there's no way we can address all of these things that are out there in our culture. We're living in a post-truth age. Let's face it. We're living in a time where people are allergic to the truth. And people don't want to hear this scriptural message. How many of you today were taught as a child about Santa Claus? Anybody here taught about the tooth fairy? Or about the Easter Bunny? Or how about the Great Pumpkin here in October? Uh, we're hearing about that. Or maybe you heard this, that you never want to cross your eyes because it'll stay that way. <laughs> or you always ought to wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. Now, a lot of these myths and these wonderful things that we've heard in our life, they're fun. We laugh at them. We think it's great. And for the most part, they're very harmless. But there are some myths out there that can be hazardous to your life. And they can really mess people up. It kind of, if you think about your computer, it's impacting your operating system. And people's lives need to be reset because all of a sudden they start basing their life on these other kinds of myths and these half-truths and these things that have been passed down that are not necessarily accurate. And so these myths and our beliefs and all of this kind of out here today, it's so important that we turn ourselves to the truth. That we kind of point ourselves in the direction of truth and be faithful to that. Because some of these myths can cause you worry and stress. They can keep you up at night. They can produce fear. There can be this nagging depression that just kind of is like a wet blanket, uh, like a cloud that just follows you all over your life. And a lot of these things can actually lead you from God. And so your beliefs today have a fundamental impact and profound impact upon your life. Now, here's an example, and I want to show you a clip here. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Have you ever heard that? You can do whatever you want. Just believe whatever you want, just as long as you're sincere. Now, I want you to watch this clip. Looking. Does. Stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way. 
Jim Marshall, I kid you not, back in 1965, I think it was, and, and there's probably countless other examples that out on the football field, but Jim Marshall with the Minnesota Vikings, he was in the play, and the ball pops through, and he grabs it, and he's kind of disoriented, and he thinks he's going in the right direction, and he's sincere about it. But he crosses over the wrong goal line and scores for the opposing team. He was sincere. He thought he was going in the right direction. What was the story here just a few years ago? There was a nurse, I believe it was in Tennessee, and she hooked up an oxygen tank to the patient she was tending to. And she came back on her rounds just a couple hours later, and the patient was dead. She had hooked up a tank she thought was sincerely oxygen, but it turned out it was mistakenly, uh, you know, kind of marked oxygen, but it was really nitrogen, and the patient died. Sincere that you're doing right. You know, the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto us, but the end thereof is death. And I know that sounds good, and it sounds so broad-minded and open-minded, but the only problem is a phrase like that is simply irrational, and it's not logical. There are some beliefs out there and some of these myths that are exactly the opposite of one another. And many of these are so naive, they're self-destructing and they're self-refuting. Some time ago, Kelly and I were on our way to uh, an appointment we had and we were driving two separate cars and she was in the white van, I was in our burgundy bullet, I like to call it, well, all those miles and I was following her and there was a lot of congestion, a lot of traffic and I got stopped. I was behind and got stopped at the light and once the light changed, uh, I happened to see a white van up ahead and so I started following this white van. And, uh, you know, it pulled into something like a Kentucky Fried Chicken and I thought, well, this is not the place that I know I'm supposed to be. And consequently, I went several miles out of the way. I was about 20 minutes late, but I was sincere and I thought I was going in the right direction. It takes more, however, I want to tell you, than just being sincere. It makes, it takes the truth. And that's why we're in a sermon series right now we're calling Grounded, because all of us need to be grounded in realism. We need to be grounded in the truth, and especially the truth of God's Word. It's extremely critical in our day for us to know what we believe and why we believe it, because there's so many beliefs out there that will cause you to crash and burn and turn you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your beliefs have a fundamental and profound impact upon your life. And I want to remind you today that nobody forces you to believe anything. You can believe whatever you want to. If you want to believe Elvis is alive, you can believe it. If you want to believe in the Loch Ness Monster, you can believe it. If you want to believe that the moon is made of cheese or the world is flat or any of these kinds of things that kind of swirl out there, you can embrace it and believe it. But you cannot blame other people for your beliefs. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your professors because they're, they're not holding on to you now. And you can drop those beliefs anytime you wish because it's a choice. And your beliefs are a choice. And frankly, a lot of these choices that people make today need to be replaced. There's another great scripture that I have been just letting my mind chew on, if you will, and think about for a while, and it's in the Old Testament, the great writings of Proverbs. If you're really wanting some great 
nourishment for your spiritual life, turn to the book of Proverbs. And there in chapter 4, down in verse 23, it says, Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, think about that. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. As a person thinketh, so is he. And everything you do has a conscious or unconscious belief tied to it. Now, when you entered into today, you sat down on that chair and you just kind of unconsciously believed it was going to hold you up. Didn't even give it a second guess. Second thought, you got up this morning and sure in your home and you maybe turn on the coffee pot or you flip the light and you just knew it was going to come on. You just kind of know the sun's going to be coming out in the morning. And there are things like that. If you go to brunch or lunch here today and you're going to go to a restaurant and you're going to open a menu and you're going to select something you believe is going to taste awfully good. But guess what? It may not taste so good. I just had that happen this past week. You order something expecting it, it's going to taste good, but it may not taste so good. The problem is your beliefs determine the way you act, even when you're wrong. For instance, if you believe you're clumsy, you're probably going to act like you're clumsy. If you think you're not such a smart person, you're going to probably act a little dumb. You know, if you can't trust people, you're going to treat them with suspicion. If you are unlovable, you think, you're probably not going to act very lovable to other people. If you believe that God is unconcerned about us, you're probably never going to pray. Because what's the use? I just think God's not really concerned about me. If you believe that God is out to give you, like a lot of people, like God is like a cosmic sheriff, and he just gave you COVID. And God did that. Well, you're probably going to try to avoid God. And friends, these are the type of myths that people very unconsciously carry around with them and it's operating and affecting their life. And in this sermon series, we want to get people grounded on the truth of God's word and get connected to Jesus Christ. And the point is today is if your beliefs are wrong, they're going to affect your behavior. And so we need to examine our thoughts. We need to examine our beliefs, the myths that we're kind of clinging on to and allowing to run our life. Another fact is false beliefs are often damaging. Now, you're probably like me. I go through the store once in a while, and uh, you'll see the, uh, and the marketing people know how to do it, those impulse counters, right? There's your checking out. They've got all these items that they know that are going to squeeze a few more dollars out of you and that kind of thing, and they've always got these kind of tabloids up there. And the tabloids like to sell those headlines. And I was in a church one time, and they had clipped out one of the, uh, the headlines of uh, the National Enquirer, I believe it was, and had this little phrase on there that said, New discovery, fat prayers. Pray these prayers, and the pounds will melt away. You know, those kind of statements that are out there, these wonderful fancy slogans and it sounds good and appetizing to our ears and we laugh and say that's funny. But I got to tell you, a lot of these myths can really mess you up and it's affecting people deeply and it's causing them to make decisions that's not based on truth and not grounded in any kind of reality. And it used to be people would say, well, I'll believe it when I see it. But you can't even believe what you see anymore, can you? Because now through technology, we have what we know as virtual reality. Virtual reality. And so things are maybe fiction and there are staged to be real, but it's not being real. It's not really live. So what you believe matters. 
And let me just ask you, how do you know you're going to heaven? How do you know you're going to make it? It's not by being good. It's not by passing out so many loaves of bread in the food pantry. It's not by giving to ASPCA or working over at Matthew 25 X amount of days. It's certainly not by just simply getting baptized. It's not by taking communion a couple of times a year. No, but it's to accept and follow the truth of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And Christ followers is a name with content, something that says who you are and what you follow, what you embrace, who you live after, who you've given your life to. Now, correct beliefs are necessary, but it's, when it's all said, it's not just for the sake of having the right beliefs. That you just click boxes and you got all the data between the ears clicked off. No, it changes and transforms your life. The Holy Spirit has come into your life and you've given your life to God and now you're living your life after the ways of Christ. You're following the truth and you're seeking to live for Jesus Christ. And if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, you are being shaped today, friends, by something you're not even aware of. The Bible tells us that our beliefs determine our behavior and our vision determines our values and what we see determines what we sense and so we need to know what we believe. And if there's some things in your life that you want to change, you don't change them from the outside, but you change them from the inside. You allow the Holy Spirit to do His work on the inside. You begin to examine your beliefs and your thoughts that are guiding your life. And is it based on truth? Is it based on the rock of Jesus Christ? Or is it in sinking sand, in quicksand, things that feel good and sound good, but in the scheme of things are not reality? The Bible gives us some very blunt advice about this. Listen to this here in 1 John, also back here at the end of the New Testament in verse 4. It says, don't always believe everything you hear, for there are many false doctrines around. Now, listen to that. Is that not relevant for us today? It's amazing as you open up the Bible that a lot of these people that were the writers and how God was using them, they were engaging things in the culture and in the church and in society and it's so fresh and relevant for us today. He says, don't always believe everything you hear for there are many false teachers around. The Bible tells us that the reason for false teaching is that it's profitable. In a lot of places, when you read, the Bible will kind of say it's, it's profitable. It puffs people up. It makes people ascend to places of authority. It, it, it maybe in some cases, the false teaching can be profitable monetarily. They are making lots of money today on infomercials, are they not? A belief does not have to be true in order for it to affect you emotionally or to cause emotional turmoil. Uh, just think about it. If you are camping in the mountains, maybe this coming weekend, and you're in your tent or your camper, and all of a sudden you hear what seems to be a big black bear or a mountain lion pawing around outside your campfire that's smoldering and kind of knocking over things, all of a sudden what happens? Adrenaline begins to flow. The hair stands up on the back of your neck. You get all nervous, you get worried, muscles tense up, and you will be in emotional turmoil over something that may not even be true. 
And this is happening a lot today, and that happens all the time, and we don't even realize it. People today look at things not only as, uh, you know, just a possibility, but they look at it as a probability. If you've got panic attacks sometimes, if you've got anxiety and things like that. I know we had a family member, and they didn't see things as a possibility. They saw it as a probability. It wasn't just possible that it could happen, but in their mind, they had already gotten to the point where it was going to possibly happen. It's going to probably happen. And this kind of thing, friends, is going on all the time. Psychologists tell us that truth is the roadmap for negotiating the difficult challenges of life. Do you know that truth is the roadmap for negotiating the difficult challenges of life? And without it, you get lost and you develop all kinds of emotional problems that tell you that you're lost. We often settle today for no truth at all because it's just easier. It's easier to hear some of the cheesy things that are out there and some of the nice slogans that people offer and put forth. But truth is the only road to emotional health and stability. The good news is truth is available today for anyone who wants it, which also means emotional health is possible for anyone and everyone. And the real question is, are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to surrender your life to God? Jesus said the same thing some 2,000 years ago. What did he say? John 8 and 32. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. No longer are you going to be bound to the things of this world. No longer are you going to be bound to things like pornography. That binds you. And, you know, it, it's something that people do and you, you have this worthless sense about you. And it's not fulfilling at the end. At the time, it, it feels good. But maybe it's alcoholism. And you just can't surrender that. But when you come to the truth of Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit into your life, you're always going to have challenges. But the Holy Spirit's there to comfort you and to guide you into emotional uh, well-being. My goal is that we expose the lies that are out there swirling around and ground people on the truth of the gospel. Truth will set you free, and you will experience real new freedom from some of the bad habits and the old hurts that you have that's really affected your life and messed you up. So I want to encourage you here this morning. We're going to share communion together, but I want to extend a challenge to you today to make three commitments to yourself. And the first one is this, to commit yourself to seeking the truth. And look at this Bible verse that's up here for just a moment. Here's another riveting verse. There's going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but they will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. Isn't that true? So many people just want to know the things that, you know, can keep them going, and they don't have to look at the truth. They don't have to look in the mirror. It's not always easy, and I know it's not always popular to seek the truth because the truth contradicts so much out in society. Sometimes the truth is painful, isn't it? It's scary. It's dangerous. It's disturbing. Sometimes we don't want to face the truth about our past. But it's the only way to stability. So I submit to you, we all need to commit ourselves to seeking the truth. A second thing that I would lift up before you today is to commit yourself to living the truth. 
Again, this is not just clicking the boxes here and yes, I believe this. But this is actually a little bit harder, living this out. Here's another text that Paul here is sharing to the believers there in Ephesus. And listen to this. He says, we will no longer be like children forever changing our minds about what we believe because somebody has told us something different or has cleverly lied to us and made the lie sound like the truth. Isn't that just amazing? What Paul is saying to us, you got to follow truth at all times, striving to become more like Christ, to really live a life after the Lord, to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, to love our neighbors, even our neighbors that are struggling. They're going through difficult challenges. We need to love them with great compassion. Now, truth is not just something you know, but it's something you do. It's something you practice and obey. It's something you follow and apply. And it's not just some intellectual road trip that you go down. We ought to be living the Bible, and that is a challenge. But what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 2, in the full light of truth, we live. We should live as Christian people in the full light of truth and actually love other people. And then third, we need to commit ourselves to believing in the truth. Not just seeking the truth and living the truth, but actually believing, embracing the truth. Now, the wonderful thing about God is that he wants us to know the truth because it does say we are set free. The truth will set us free. And he's given us the Bible, and then he came. And at that point in time in history, it was the right time for God to introduce his only son, Jesus Christ, into this world, he came and lived a life of truth, died for us. In fact, Jesus said, I am the truth in John 14 and 6. And I don't understand when somebody says, well, I believe Jesus is, is a good person, but I don't believe that he was God. Listen, this is not really the claim here. If you go back historically and look at this, this is a big deal. Because it is forcing you to make a decision. Either Jesus was the biggest con artist of all time, or this guy's really said, says who he is. Uh, he's either a fake, a fraud, or a phony, or this really is, this was the Son of God. And you bet your life on what you believe about it. God has given you the freedom today to believe what you want to believe. He doesn't force any belief. You can choose today to believe that this uh, podium here is God. You can get into the panentheistic type of thinking today and everything. God is everywhere and in all things. And you can believe that. God gives you the freedom to choose. These kinds of things are done all the time. People make little gods everywhere and worship so many other things. But once you make that choice, you don't have the freedom to choose the consequences of that belief. Because that's going to unfold in your life and in your path. And that's why it's so important for you today to know what you believe and why you believe it. And today to commit yourself to seeking the truth, to living the truth and to believing in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's prepare ourselves here for a time of communion, but also for a time we could all just reflect together on making a commitment to ground ourselves 
in Jesus Christ. The gospel of truth. So let us pray. Holy God, we thank you so very much for your son Jesus Christ who came and died on a cross, came and gave his life for us. And Lord, we stand amazed at your grace and love. And Lord, may we emulate that. May we go forth loving our neighbors, those that are challenged today in so many ways. May we truly embrace them and love them. But may we point each and all to the truth of the gospel. We know these are challenging days and we pray for our leaders. We pray for our bishop and our district superintendents. We pray for our sister churches. We pray for all of our leaders. Lord, we pray for love to prevail. But we also pray, God, that we would be grounded in your truth. So speak to us today. Speak to each of our hearts. For Lord, we want what is best. We want what you want, Lord. And we seek after you. Lord, we embrace these commitments today. We just pray for everyone here. Lord, whatever is going on in their midst, in their lives, would come under the full examination of your spirit. May your spirit comfort, but also afflict. Help us, Lord, to go deeper and to ground ourselves in you. For we pray this in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.